This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 256, Three Ways to Save for Retirement Even If You Lose Your Job. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode and welcome to the Not Your Average Financial Revolution. One of the most amazing parts of bank on yourself type whole life policies is that there is a guaranteed cash value increase every single year. Let me say that again. There's a guaranteed cash value increase every single year. So this means on a guaranteed basis, the insurance company is promising, guaranteeing, that you will have more cash in your policy this year than you did last year. That floors me, just to say those words out loud. So this means that on day one of your financial plan, guaranteed you will hit a net worth number that you can predict and count on. There is nothing like that in the financial universe. So we could literally just end the episode right there. (laughs) But as they say, the best laid plans of mice and men can still go wrong. So even though the insurance company offers a guarantee, are there any catches to that guarantee? No, there's a full promise that they will make that guarantee happen. If you look very carefully at one of the contracts or illustrations on these whole life insurance policies, there are three guaranteed components in each contract. The first is the guaranteed cash value, which is growing nicely each and every year. And then of course, there is the guaranteed death benefit. But there is one more set of numbers, column of numbers that is also guaranteed. And that is your premium. Now, why is it important that the premium is guaranteed? There are two ways to really understand this third guarantee. The first is that impressively, it is a guaranteed premium. That seems obvious, right? But that means the premiums are guaranteed never to increase. So even as you age, and more likely we are to kick the bucket, the insurance company is promising that they will not surprise you with a bigger bill for your premiums in the future. That's incredible. When you think about inflation over the next 20 years, 40 years, 60 years, depending on how long you might live, how impressive is it that the cost is guaranteed never to go up? This is so different from the world of term insurance, which does get more expensive, or even worse, the world of indexed universal life policies, where the insurance company is allowed to raise the cost of insurance on you. And in fact, they have guarantees in their contract saying that they are guaranteed that the costs will go up, which means it's just, of course, for me, one more reason why I don't recommend universal life contracts for my clients, for those who are looking to build cash value or retire. Think about that for a minute. If the insurance company is guaranteeing that they might do something in your contract, Isn't there a high probability that they might raise the expenses on you as soon as you start to need that cash in your older years? So it's tremendous that whole life insurance has a guaranteed premium. But there's another way to interpret this idea of a, quote, guaranteed premium, uh, which is a part of a whole life insurance contract. And it has significant implications for your financial plan. It means that you, the owner of the contract, are guaranteeing the insurance company that you are going to pay that premium. 
In fact, your guarantee signifies all the other guarantees on the contract. You see, this is not just a one-way contract. Both parties are coming to the table with commitments, promises, guarantees. It's like a marriage. Both parties are coming with commitments. Now, what this means, in a sense, is that if you hold up your end of the bargain, the insurance company is guaranteed to hold up theirs. So what is your end of the bargain? That's right, paying that premium. Now, I've grown to love paying premiums because it means my policy is going to be increasing in value again this year, just like it did last year, just like it did the year before. But what happens if I can't hold up my end of the bargain? And more importantly, how can I protect my strategy so I can never face the day where I cannot pay my premium? Because I want to meet that financial goal. Of course, guys, I don't have to tell you that things happen in our life, unexpected things. We might lose our job. We might become disabled. And for one reason or another, we cannot earn that income that we used to make, which would cause our policy not to get the fuel it needs to build the fire that we want to have to keep us warm throughout retirement. Now, we've talked in depth about this in episode 203, where I go into six different options that you have if you cannot pay your premiums. It is a great episode. It's a foundational episode. So I recommend everybody listen to it, especially if you're considering getting a bank on yourself designed whole life policy. And heck, listen to it even if you already have one. And while I dove into six different options in that episode, episode 203, there's actually a seventh option that we're going to talk about today. So let's say, for example, that you're paying a policy and the premium is $10,000 a year. And that was an amount that was a good challenge for you to save at the time that you set up your policy with me or a bank on yourself professional colleague of mine. Maybe you set this policy up years ago. And now due to inflation and a couple of pay raises, that's actually gotten easier for you to pay. But then the unthinkable happens. You lose your job due to a life-changing disability. That income from your day job, which was helping to support your lifestyle, your groceries and gas, but it was also covering the premium, that income is now gone. Now you're not sure what to do. Not sure how you'll pay your premiums, but also not sure how you're going to buy groceries, et cetera, et cetera. Guys, this is not uncommon. In prep for this episode, it floored me when I learned that according to the U.S. Social Security Administration, one in four 20-year-olds, okay, so one in four 20-year-olds, will become disabled before age 67. This means that one in two married households will have a significant disability in the family, which will impact the entire family financially and otherwise. If you've got a spouse who's disabled, yeah, that's that's going to impact everybody, right? And if it's you, certainly that's going to impact you and your spouse financially and otherwise. And if you have children that get married, remember it's a one in four shot. If everybody in the household was at one time 20 years old and the statistic holds true, this means we're down to a one in one chance that either you or your adult children's household will have a major impact due to a life-changing disability. And most people are surprised to find out that 90%, 90, 90% of disabilities come from an illness, not from an accident or injury, according to the Council for Disability Awareness. So nine in 10 disabilities are an illness, chronic other or otherwise, that cause that disability and keeps you from working. Now, nobody likes to think about getting disabled. And to compound on this problem, nobody likes to pay for something that they might not ever see a benefit for. Disability insurance is there to answer this problem, 
It covers your income should you need it due to a disability, but it's much like term insurance in this regard. If you don't use your disability insurance, you lose it. Meaning if you stay healthy all these years, you would have wasted, quote unquote, wasted all that premium. But the truth is all those years you were buying you and your family a peace of mind. And for the same price as essentially a daily cup of coffee at the local coffee shop, you can typically insure yourself against disability by buying individual disability income insurance. For example, uh, a 35-year-old can get a $950 a year premium, which is equal to about $4 a day for a disability insurance policy. So you see average duration for all disability claims from 1986 to 2014 was four years. Guys, four years is the average duration. Think about that for a minute. This means that the person disabled on average was without work or income for four years. And of course, we know around here that there are no averages. So you might be much shorter than that. It might be half the time for your disability, or it could be twice as long for yours. We just don't know. But even if the average is true, how would it feel if you found out you could not earn income for the next four years? What would that do? Would that have a sustained and dramatic impact on your financial future? Would that undoubtedly negatively impact your financial and retirement goals? Would you have to go into debt? Would you possibly have to sell everything to help cover that ongoing expense? Let's stop and think about everything you have. Think about it on a net worth sheet. And if you don't have one, mentally create a list of all the stuff you have in life. List out your 401k at work. Maybe you have a whole life policy. Maybe it's your house. And also jot down mentally or on paper all the debts that you have to pay off, including those monthly required debt payments. Creditors do not care if you get disabled or not. They still are going to demand a monthly payment or they'll start wrecking your credit and repoing your car. Now, here's my guess. While you might have successfully completed this net worth chart, and maybe you've got a clear picture of all your assets and liabilities, I bet, I bet there was at least one thing that you forgot to add. In fact, when I look at net worth sheets all the time from clients, and virtually 100% of the time, these net worth sheets that they send me are missing their greatest asset on their net worth. The greatest asset, their largest and most important asset is completely missing. And if it's not being tracked at all on a net worth sheet, I can assure you that they did not think to insure it because it's their greatest asset. And if it's not insured, it could also become now their greatest liability. Let me say that again. Because it's their greatest asset, if they don't insure it, it could become their greatest liability in their life, in their financial life. So you might have left off the largest asset that you own as well on your net worth sheet. What is it I'm talking about? The big reveal, right? The asset I'm referring to, the most important and most valuable asset is your body, specifically your body's ability to make an income. Your ability to earn an income is very likely the largest asset on your balance sheet. If you're 35 years old, you've got another 30 years to make your income, generally speaking. And if you're making 100,000 bucks a year, that's $3 million of income capacity. 3 million bucks. And guys, that's working for 30 years there without any pay raises. I didn't add any pay raises to this poor chap who works 30 years. And that's still 3 million bucks. I'm also not considering any investing of that money. You know, that's just $100,000 times 30 years to equal the 3 million. My bet is that 3 million is bigger than your 401k or your house equity 
or anything else on your net worth sheet. Three million bucks. It's probably your biggest asset, the ability you have to make an income. So if you insure your home with homeowner's insurance, which is a less valuable asset, why not insure your income, which is a much greater asset? Now, I told you before that you are your greatest investment. Now, guys, this is the mathematical proof. You insure your automobiles in case you or your family get hurt in an accident. I can assure you that if you lost your income, you and other people like your spouse or kids are going to be depending on you to make that income, whether you can make it or not. So they will be substantially financially hurt as well. But if they don't have health insurance because you couldn't afford it without an income, they could be hurt physically hurt as well. So this is serious stuff. I meet the people on the other side of that disability all the time where they're having to cut health insurance, cut groceries, cut school tuition because they didn't think to ensure their ability to earn an income. I'm preaching here, but I, I promise this is there's going to be some options and some cool strategies as we go through here. But first, I got to say, let's make sure we protect this income making machine, not just for paying for groceries and gas, which is good and important and for the here and now, but let's make sure your income is insured also to take care of your future self, your future self. Let's make sure we can continue to save for your financial freedom journey. Let's make sure that your financial plan is not destroyed and getting disability insurance ensures your financial future does not blow up because you slipped on a banana peel or the wrong person sneezed on you on your last flight. What if you owned a Ming vase or a Stradivarius violin? If you owned one, I bet you'd insure it. If it was not insured, that asset might become a liability if it was destroyed. Guys, you get the picture. So while I could continue and go on and on about the importance of disability income insurance, I want to take a slight turn and talk about something inside your bank on yourself policy that can help satisfy the same concern, but specifically this feature I'm referring to can be designed to help take care of that guaranteed premium that I mentioned earlier. Remember, this is the guarantee that you're bringing to the table. You're into the bargain. That's what keeps you on the hook to paying your premiums. And if you want your cash value to be that large amount that they're showing you on their ledger when you get to retirement age, for example, it means that you're going to have to add some significant premium to get you there. If you want that guaranteed bonfire keeping you warm at retirement, they're saying it's up to you to add the fuel. Pay that premium early on and the insurance company will bring a guaranteed cash value increase and they'll start adding significant dividends on top of that if they're profitable. And this might significantly exceed beyond what you've paid them in premium over time. I've seen cash values equal three times, six times, eight times the premiums paid. So this is a big deal. And if you want your future self to be happy with your now self, it's important that you set up a way to make sure that that premium gets paid. So what can we do to make sure that that premium gets paid? If you get disabled, wouldn't it be great if we could do it without a bunch of fees or expenses? So I want to introduce you to a strategy that many of our clients use called the waiver of premium writer, the waiver of premium writer. Now, as a brief reminder, writers are add-on provisions to your life insurance policy that you can optionally choose to purchase for greater flexibility, benefits beyond the standard plan that you might get with ordinary whole life insurance. Paid up additions writers and more are crucially important to the design of bank on yourself type policies. The waiver of premium writer is just one more way we can customize policies for each person's circumstances. Writers of all sorts essentially help us customize a whole life policy, much in the same way that 
different packages and options can customize your brand new Tesla. Say, for example, if you, like me, would want the Tesla with the espresso machine built right into the dash, let me know you're listening to this and I will buy you your next cappuccino. I'm serious about that. So writers help us make the customization we want with bank on yourself type policies. Writers help us make that customization happen. And we've done a full mini series on writers for whole life policies. So go back and listen to those. It's episode 142, 143, and 144. I bet you'll love it. But let's get into this waiver of premium writer. What does it actually do? The waiver of premium writer will pay for all of your future life insurance premiums if you happen to become disabled. Typically, this is after a six-month period of being disabled. Your premiums will begin to be paid by the insurance company. This means that if you got disabled, all three of the guaranteed numbers on your whole life insurance contract, all three of the ledger elements, the guaranteed cash value, the guaranteed death benefit, and even the guaranteed premium are now being taken care of by the insurance company. Wow. Wow, you literally have no more financial responsibility to make sure that guaranteed number appears on your net worth sheet when it's time to retire. If you were counting on having a million dollars of cash value in your retirement, when you first established your bank on yourself policy, you noticed that your cash value was guaranteed to equal $1 million, let's say by age 65. And while at the time when you started your policy, you were comfortable paying your premiums to get you to that million dollar mark, Unfortunately, the unthinkable happened to you. A surprising illness took you out and you could no longer work and thus your premiums became impossible to pay. To make sure that your financial plan is not sideswiped and to ensure that something continues to pay your premiums for you, that waiver of premium rider would swoop in like a superhero and take over where you left off to continue to fund your policy and to make sure that the policy reaches that million dollar mark. Pretty remarkable, right? So what's the catch here? Like all things, there is an additional expense added to the policy when you add that waiver of premium rider. Now, hold tight with me for a minute. Typically, it's not egregious. Typically, it's about 3 to 5% of your overall premium, including base premium and paid up additions. So this is typically incorporated into the premiums that you tell me or one of my colleagues that you're going to challenge yourself to pay and contribute into your bank on yourself designed whole life policy. So for example, let's say you could save a $500 a month and you want to put that into a policy. We would incorporate that waiver of premium expense into your $500. So this means all other things equal, you just have slightly less cash value due to this added expense on your policy. Let me give you a case study design here, just for example. Let's say a guy, age 35, standard health, puts in 10,000 bucks a year into a whole life policy built the bank on yourself way. At age 70, he has 696,000 bucks, almost 700 grand of cash value that he can use to retire. That's literally twice as much money as he paid in over that period of time. And now he can take that money out without any taxes due through a combination of withdrawals and loans for some another stream of tax-free income. So remember that $696,000 with me for just a minute. Keep that number in mind. That's a true bank on yourself policy. If on the other hand, he had attached a waiver of premium rider to his policy, it would have cost him $185 a year or only $15 a month. And that would be incorporated into the $10,000 a year of premium that he's paying. So this means that he would have less money to go toward cash value 
and paid up additions would be slightly less as a result. So this means that he would have slightly less cash value at age 70. So instead of having that 696,000 bucks, he instead would have $683,000 at age 70. This is a loss of $13,000. That $13,000 difference is only a 2% difference in cash value to guarantee that if you got disabled, it would not destroy your financial life. Remember, one in four of us will be disabled before age 67, and the average disability time is four years long. So it's up to each person to decide if that waiver of premium cost is truly worth it. Now, for those people who are absolute purists, they do not want this waiver of premium rider slowing down their cash values growth. So are there any other ways we could save you that 13,000 bucks and give you that larger cash value without having to riddle your policy with unnecessary expenses? Again, go back to episode 203 for alternatives to funding this policy, even if you cannot pay for it out of pocket. As a reminder, there are six options that we go through in that episode, but you could also just buy a straight out of the box, normal disability insurance policy. If you are disabled, the waiver of premium writer kicks in and it won't exactly pay for your medications or your groceries. It will cover your whole life premium. And there's no sense in having a big, juicy cash value if you didn't have something else set up to cover your groceries, medications, you know, basic living expenses while you're in the disability period before you reach retirement. No sense in starving now and having a big, healthy, full cash value in the future. So having a normal, traditional disability policy might just take care of that problem. But there are, again, there are several other options, including borrowing from your policy or lowering down the premiums, or reduce paying up the policy should you get disabled. These are all options that have, to a lesser or greater degree, an impact on your policy, but can make sure that you don't lose that cash should you become disabled. I also want to just stop for a minute and point out another distinct advantage to traditional designs of whole life insurance with Bank on Yourself. With traditional old-fashioned whole life insurance, that waiver of premium might cost you 15 to 25% of your overall premiums. And I just mentioned earlier that on a bank on your self-designed policy, it might only be 3%, 4% of your overall premium. Uh, since you're buying a lot more base life insurance with old-fashioned whole life insurance, there is a lot more for that waiver of premium rider to cover. It's got to work really hard to cover a big base premium. However, if we shrink down that base premium and design the policy for maximum massive cash value, which is the bank on yourself way to do it, it will flood your policy with paid up addition riders, which also have the effect of reducing the cost of the waiver of premium rider. Since all we're needing to cover with the waiver of premium rider is the base premium if you get disabled. So by reducing your base premium, not only are you reducing the cost of the waiver of premium rider, which is cool but you're also maximizing the potential to grow your cash value inside your policy at the same time through paid up additions writers. Man, I'm telling you, this might sound nerdy, but I just love designing these policies so that they can be so efficient in helping build wealth for my clients. And by the way, if you're ready to see these numbers related to your unique situation, reach out to us at nyafinancialpodcast.com and click on request a meeting. That's nya financialpodcast.com and then click on request a meeting. 
So if you'd like to talk about this disability insurance, setting one of those up for you and your family, making sure that we cover your income should you become disabled, that's a great and smart and very responsible thing to do. It's also something that helps you feel better and your spouse can feel better should you slip on that proverbial banana peel. If on the other hand, you'd like to review your existing policy or set up a new policy with the waiver of premium writer built into it, again, I'd be happy to chat with you about those options. When you fill out the appointment, be sure to mention waiver of premium or disability insurance on your notes when you schedule an appointment with us, and we'll know that's exactly what you want to talk about. Or you can just write down uh, that you listened to episode 256, and that'll help us as well. So that is the episode for today, guys. I really appreciate all the creative ideas, the questions that you bring to me. Many times our episodes come like this one from a question that a client or a friend brought up. So please feel free to reach out to us and let us know what your questions are. The best way to do that is to get on our community site, which is notyouraverage.mn.co. Wait a minute. You're saying you didn't know that we had a community site? Yes, our podcast has an audience that is growing by leaps and bounds every day. And we have an online free community where you can banter back and forth, throw ideas back and forth, get questions answered, read through the threads of the past and participate in the threads of the present and the future. Get your questions answered on live community video events that we don't release anywhere else. Guys, this is your chance to jump on there and say hello to me and many of my colleagues related to the Bank on Yourself revolution. So feel free to throw your ideas onto that community site, and we might even just make it into an episode someday. So thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.